When we choose to trust God, we choose at the same time not to trust ourselves, which includes our own feelings, which can derail us and take us off course. But what does the psalmist say? If we delight in the Lord, if we give our whole heart to Jesus in our relationship with Him, what happens? Our heart comes in line. And then the desires that you have that are in line with God's will, He will give. Hello and welcome to the Love Key Church message of the week. Love Key Church is a local expression of a part of the body of Christ with a focus on creating a place, opportunity and atmosphere through worship music and the word where people can encounter God, align with His purposes, reign in life and help others to do the same. My name is Heinz Winkler and together with my wife Valetta and our four children, we recently launched Love Key Church right here in Somerset West. Enjoy the message. Please remember to like, follow and subscribe and to share this with other people if you find that it is uplifting, encouraging and inspiring to you. Thank you so much. God bless you as you listen to this word. God is good all the time. Amen. Today we're going to talk about a message called Trust Like a Tree. If that made you frown, that's good, because at least it's drawing your attention. <laughs> um, and as I, was, as I was preparing for, for today, I really just, I sensed that this is such a big thing in the world of believers, the world of Christians. The question, what are we really trusting? Or the better question is, who do we really trust in? So we're going to dig into that today. So like, like I was taught at school and at university, you know, you always have to, when you talk about a word, you have to define the word. I remember one of my most embarrassing moments at varsity was when I was in a class of 300 ki- uh, students and the, the lecturer asked me to define, well, asked us to define something. And I put up my hand and I tried to define it, but I used the word that we were defining in the definition and he said to me, can't do that. That's not a definition. I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> learned a valuable lesson. The whole class laughed. I felt, you know, not great, but I learned something. So it's, it's important to define <laughs> the things we talk about. And one of the definitions I found, I thought was quite good. It says, trust is a firm belief in the reliability, truth, or ability of someone or something. A firm belief and the reliability, truth, or ability of someone or something. You could also say it's an acceptance of the truth of a statement without evidence or investigation. Just trusting it because it was said by that person. So what or who do I really trust? What is my default state of mind as I'm going through my day? What am I conscious of in the back of my mind? that frames how I approach everyday life and decisions. Would you agree that that's true? We all have some kind of way we frame our thinking and that affects everything else we do, right? Would you agree with that? Good, three of you, that's, that's a start. So if you had to be honest today, what is that thing at the back of your mind? What is the thing that you trust the most if you're really honest with yourself? Is it your salary? I wouldn't know what that is like. I don't earn a salary. Never have. <laughs> but I hear that it's quite nice knowing that there's going to be some money, you know, on a certain date every month. <laughs> but maybe that's what you, where you put your trust. Maybe you're working for a company 
God has called you many times to do something else, but you're so afraid to lose your salary, that security that you've never stepped out in faith. So what are you trusting in? God or the salary? Maybe you trust in another person, your spouse, someone important in your life. Maybe you trust in the idea of working hard. If I work hard, then I will get the things that I want. Then I'll be significant. Then I'll be successful. Maybe you trust in a bank account that is, you're putting savings in every month, savings for a rainy day. And there's nothing wrong with that, obviously. It's good planning. But, <laughs> but if that is where your trust lies, that is a problem. Maybe you trust, like many people, in your credit card limit. And then that other credit card's limit, if that one runs out, maybe that's where your trust lies. Maybe you trust in your own abilities. Like, I've worked hard, I've trained hard, I've, I've got an education, I've got all these things behind me. I trust in what I am able to do. Maybe you trust in your own responsible ways, your, your, the way you can plan, the way you can control things. I was trying to say control freak in a nice way. Maybe you trust in money, wealth, financial security, the terms we hear a lot, financial freedom, financial independence. Someone once asked us, do you really want independence? Because if you're independent, you're independent of God as well. That was a good question. Or do you maybe trust in, this, in the number of people following you on social media or the amount of likes you get when you post a photo or not get? Do you trust other people's opinion? Do you trust your own feelings? We need to realize that we know that we will go where our trust lies. We need to realize that we will go where our trust lies. We will follow the person or the thing that we trust in the most. It's just natural. So we need to make sure where our trust lies, we need to make sure that where our trust lies is not a lie. Did you get that? Thank you, baby. Maybe I should say it again. I want an amen from everybody. So make sure that where your trust lies is not a lie. Come on. See, now that I can use to advertise the church. Okay. <laughs> Kidding. So where, where is it that you want to go? If what you trust or who you trust leads you to where you want to go, where do you want to go? Are you on your way there? Maybe you know the right answer, but you know, if someone, someone asks you, then you will say, this is where I'm going, this is where I want to go. But you know actually that you're not really on your way there. There's someone in the way. So we need to check where is our trust. A couple of years ago, Aleta and I were invited for the first time to, to do a marriage seminar at a small church in a little town called Da'ar. Yes, people from overseas, there's a place called Da'ar. Itar for from here and um, you know initially they invited us and we're like we've never done this before why are you inviting us they said no we heard your testimony and we heard her testimony and we think you can be really helpful to people who are married and we're like we don't have a course we don't have a book we don't we just speak from our own lives and our brokenness and our mistakes they're like yes we want that <laughs> it's like okay <laughs> so we put something together and, and I obviously prayed about it and God actually really uh, gave us a foundational thing for that weekend that became the foundation of the marriage course we're doing now. And that weekend, quite a few powerful things happened and we saw 
just because we trusted God that this is His will, how He showed up, and despite our, you know, the things we didn't know, the things we couldn't do, the training we didn't have, He came and He healed a lot of people. And the one story stood out for me. We, on the Friday night, we would typically, um, obviously, lead worship, and then we speak about what is God's idea of marriage. And in that, we talk about what does salvation really mean. And the next morning, we, we, there, we started off with an altar call. Now, we had 60 people there from this church. Half of them gave their lives to Jesus for the first time. <laughs> and then we had a session where we broke up the men and the women, and we talked about baggage, dealing with your issues that you have in life, because we all have them. If you think you don't have issues, then that is your issue. I'm stealing that from my wife. That's her line. Um, and so I was speaking to the men and I was talking to them about the different types of baggage, how to recognize that you have it, dealing with it, how do you deal with it. And at the end, there was this older gentleman that put up his hand and I could see he was really uncomfortable and nervous. And he said, listen, I just feel I need to say something. I said, yes. He said, I love God, but I don't trust Him. And when I heard the words the first time, I was like, how's that possible? You know, can you really love a person and not trust them, I think you can. But God, it was a weird concept for me. It's the first time I ever heard anyone say that. And then I said, would you mind sharing why? So he said, when he, was, when he turned 13, his parents told him that he was actually one of a twin, but his twin sister died at birth. And immediately, as a young 13-year-old boy, he was angry at God. And he was angry at his parents for not telling him sooner. And something there already happened. I mean, I'm adding that. He didn't say that. He just said, they told me when I was 13. And then later in life, he had a very good friend who he was in ministry with. And they had a pastor who led them, who mentored them. And what happened was the pastor committed suicide in a very theatrical way. Killed himself in a car in front of the church. And then his friend committed suicide. And he was just broken, blamed God for everything. I love you, but I don't trust you because these things happened. And I said to him, you know what? I don't have the expertise to help you, but I know who does. And that's the Holy Spirit. So what, how about you and I sit down after this and we pray and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. So we did that. We sat down, we prayed. And I said to him, you know what? I feel the first thing we need to do is that you need to Ask God, where's my sister? Show me my sister. His eyes are closed, this big older man. He's sitting there. And the next moment, a tear starts running down his cheek. And he starts smiling. And he says, I, I can see her. I can see her. She's, she's running around in heaven, having a great time. <laughs> I can't do that. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. And then I said to him, you know what, I think the next big step is that you should forgive your parents. Because they, they were doing what they thought was right. They didn't, weren't trying to hurt you. They also went through a devastating thing, losing their daughter. Let's forgive them. So he just imagined them, them standing in front of him and he said, Mom, Dad, I forgive you. And I said, I think you also need to forgive God maybe because you've been blaming him for this. And I know you don't understand it, but he is God. He's sovereign. And he said, Lord, I'm sorry. I've, I forgive you, but I also repent of having this attitude towards you. 
the next moment, I, I didn't have to speak anymore. He said, I get it now. I get it now. I need to forgive my pastor and I need to forgive my friend. And he did it out of his own. And something broke over that man's life. And when he opened his eyes, he looked like a new person, like his eyes were bright. And I could see the weight of the world was lifted off of his shoulders. And his trust in God was restored. And that was a beautiful thing to witness. Maybe, maybe you feel the same way today in some area of your life. That, yeah, I love God, but I don't trust Him. Maybe your story is that you've been in church your whole life, but people in the church have hurt you. I'm, I've heard so many people say, I'm, I've been hurt by the church. And that's, that's a horrible thing to hear. And I know a lot of people sit with hurt from that. And that makes you mistrust people of God, and then you mistrust God Himself. And people are people. And if we, if we lose faith in God because people of God hurt us, then our faith wasn't in God in the first place. Maybe you did trust God at one stage, but the reality of life and things not working out the way that you wanted it, it hit really hard. I want us to look at a few passages from Scripture and see what the, see what the Word says about trusting God. The first question goes with this scripture, and the question is, do you trust people? And remember, you are also a people. You can trust yourself. So the question is, do you trust people? Do you trust man? Jeremiah 17, verse 5 to 10. A lot of people only start reading from verse 7, which sounds nice. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. But I'm going to start from verse 5, because this is also important in its context. It says, cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. Please focus on that word, heart turns away from the Lord. Those of you who were here last week and remember about Samson at the end, what did he do? He poured out his whole heart. We're going to get back to that just now. The man who is cursed, who trusts in man, he is like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness and in an uninhabited salt land. But then it shifts. Contrast. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. The trust in the Lord and his trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots in the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for it leaves its leaves remain green, and it's not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds." The next one, the question is, do you often feel other people who don't know or love God or you don't think are as good as you are, are doing better than you in life? And you, you feel like, man, why are they so lucky? Why are they so blessed? I love God. I'm here slaving away. I'm praying every day. I'm reading my Bible, but I don't have enough money to get through the month. Why are they so rich? Anyone? 
Come on, be honest. Well, David felt the same way. Psalm 37 verse 1 to 7. Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers, for they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. But what's the first step? Delight yourself in the Lord. So what happens when we delight ourselves in the Lord? Our hearts are getting in line. If we don't delight in the Lord, our hearts are out of line. So we can't trust our hearts. Jeremiah just said, the heart is deceitful. David says, you can, he will give you the desires of your heart if you delight in Him. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him and He will act. That's a promise. He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Be still before the Lord and wait hurriedly. Expect Him to be like a microwave. Get instant gratification now. No, wait patiently for Him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way. For those who don't know, fret is an old word for worry. Don't worry. It's near fratni. Over the man who carries out evil devices. The next question is, do you trust in your own understanding? I myself am someone who likes to understand things. It's very important to me. I, I ask questions until I understand and when I explain things, I over-explain them. <laughs> In other words, when you look at a situation and it doesn't make sense to you, you decide it's wrong. Do you trust in your own understanding? Proverbs 3, verse 3 to 6. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your what? Heart. What? Mercy and truth. Why? Because so you will find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Are you trying to please man? You don't have to. If you please God, you will find favor in man. Trust in the Lord with what? All your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In what? Some of your ways. Acknowledge. No. All of your ways. Acknowledge Him. And he shall direct your paths. Can you see how important your heart is in these passages? Some, someone, please say yes or amen. Come on, you're alive. I can see you're alive. Jeremiah warns us that it is deceitful. It is sick. When we look at the way people think, act, make decisions, the way they speak about, well, I feel this and I feel like that should happen and I feel this. It's back to last week's sermon about Samson. They did what was right in their own eyes. When emotions, listen to this, when your emotions trump the word of God, that is when you're in dangerous waters. Well, I feel this, so this doesn't sound the same as my feelings, so this must be wrong. That's what people are doing. That's what some of us have done, if we're really honest. When we choose to trust God, we choose at the same time not to trust ourselves. 
which includes our own feelings, which can derail us and take us off course. But what does the psalmist say? If we delight in the Lord, if we give our whole heart to Jesus, to God, in our relationship with Him, what happens? Our heart comes in line. And then the desires that you have that are in line with God's will, He will give. But you can misread that and misquote that and use it for your own gain, and then it's, it's not the Word of God. You remember, once again, we spoke about Samson and Delilah and that point where it said so sadly, Delilah knew that he had poured out his whole heart to her. And that's the point where his faithfulness was finally completely turned away from God into this woman, this unbeliever. And that's when God left him. That's why this verse is so key. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not some of your heart, not sometimes, all of the time, all of your heart. Amen? Come on, this is a lack of word. <laughs> and I, I hope by now you can also see that where the title of the message comes from, Jeremiah 17, Trust Like a Tree. When we imagine a tree, Leon, our oldest, his name means willow tree. And a willow tree you always find by a source of water. And this scripture is his name scripture, his life scripture. So, because every time we say Leon, we are saying you are like a tree planted by God. Your roots go deep into God. You will never fear in the year of drought. Why? Because your roots are deep. What does that mean? What is deep in the ground? When, up, when, when above the surface it's dry, there's still water Below the surface, when your roots are deep. It comes back to the foundations as well. Where, where's your foundation built? Don't you want that? The key is not trusting your own understanding anymore, but it's moving our heart completely to trusting fully in God and in Him alone. Amen? There's also two other stories I want to look at in the New Testament. I never realized this until this week. <laughs> it's like a light bulb moment I had. In Acts, the book of Acts, there are two men named Ananias, or Ananias, I think it's Ananias. One didn't trust God and did what was right in his own eyes. The other one trusted God in a seemingly crazy, impossible, I don't understand what you're doing situation. Acts 5, 1 to 6. But a man named Ananias with his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property, and with his wife's knowledge, <laughs> that's an important little line, he kept back from himself, for himself, some of the proceeds and brought only a part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not your, at your disposal? Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to man, but to God. When Ananias heard these words, he ran away. He fell down and breathed his lost. And great fear came among all who heard it. The young men rose, wrapped him up, and carried him out and buried him. And right after that, the same happened with his wife. 
Let's look at the other Ananias. Acts 9, 10 to 19. Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he said, here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, rise and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he is praying and he has seen a vision in a vision, a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. But, but Ananias answered, uh, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done in your, to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. So he's protesting. But the Lord said to him, Go. For he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. So he's telling him what? His will. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. Yeah, I don't want to get into it, but go listen to the message called Understanding Suffering to break open that little part of that segment. So Ananias departed and entered the house. What does that mean? He was obedient. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came and sent me uh, so that you may regain sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized and taking food he was strengthened. For some days he was with the disciples at Damascus. The next verse speaks about how he started preaching and leading people to Jesus. One man's obedience, one man's disobedience. The first one is part of the new, exciting, and amazing community of believers. We read just, just before the first Ananias story, we read about this beautiful community that, that started after, the, after Pentecost, after the, the Holy Spirit came, and this, this amazing house church environment started. God is doing a new thing. The people are gathering in homes. They have everything in common, and everyone is selling what they have to divide it up so that all will have enough. Sounds amazing, right? We should do that one Saturday. But... <laughs> But one man and woman thought they could be part of this move of God and his family of believers on their own terms. They're like, hey, this is exciting. This is cool. This is new. Let's, do, let's be part of this thing. I like this. But they were not doing it fully. They were not doing it according to what the leaders were saying. They did, um, they did lean on their own understanding, which probably didn't seem wrong to them. We will give it a, uh, maybe they looked at the situation and went, you know what, we're not giving all of it, but at least we're giving some. Don't we do that sometimes? We justify, like, you know, I can't really give my whole tithe, but I can give some of my tithe, and God should be happy with that. But they didn't realize that by bringing the money and saying it is all of what it's meant to go to disciples, uh, uh, sorry, by bringing the money and saying that it's all of it to a disciple, a man of God, they were lying to a representative of the Holy Spirit. But even Peter said, you're not lying to me. You're lying to the one I serve. You're lying to God. What was the penalty in this new covenant, new testament environment? Death. Lacquer. When our hearts are deceiving us because we are not trusting the Lord with all our heart. We run the risk of falling for the lies we tell ourselves, which become lies we tell others, and can even become lies we try to tell to God. And this, we see, leads to death. Maybe, in our case, not physical, but in some way, we can die spiritually if we carry on in this way. 
The second Ananias is also a disciple. Can you imagine at that time, Saul of Tarsus was breathing murder and threats against the church. So every guy who was called a disciple, a Christian, was pretty much hiding away. Because they heard this guy is trying to capture us or kill us, torture us, whatever it might be. So he's hiding. God speaks to him and says, go to this man who's doing this. Can you imagine? He didn't have this context. He just heard God speak to him. He said, go help the Jewish leader killing and locking up the Christians. Go to him. Can you imagine? It's like God telling a singer to start a church, you know. It's crazy. And this is actually a beautiful moment because there's a relationship here. God says, do this. The disciple Ananias says, uh, yes, but Lord, can we just you know, discuss this little issue of him maybe wanting to try and kill me? Because he doesn't know what happened to Paul on the way to Damascus. But God does. What does he have? God's perspective. What does Ananias have? His own perspective. What did we speak about last week? The importance of perspective. Go listen to the message if you missed it, please. Because this is all through the Bible. How am I looking at the situation? And if I don't see the whole picture, am I trusting God that when He says go, when He says do this, that I will go? And there's grace to have a conversation with Him. But ultimately, we need to obey. When God said to us, plant a church, I thought, <laughs> that's nuts. That was my initial thought. I was like, no, I want to rather just sing and go to churches and sing there and then go home. That, that sounds a lot nicer and easier. And God spoke to us, spoke to us, and I would go to him. And then when he finally told us, this is the date, we need to go. I, I, I said to him, okay, these are all the reasons I shouldn't be doing this. And these are all the things people are going to ask me. And they're going to go, well, he doesn't have a degree. He doesn't have this. He doesn't have that. He sh blah, blah, blah. And I went through all those things with God. And he answered each one of them. And he said, go. <laughs> and I was like, okay, here we go. Because I trust him. I trust him. I trust him. Because I've seen in my own life how he showed up, the way we got to the Cape, the way I left my label, the way we built a house we couldn't afford, the way I moved to Christian music and then planted a church. That whole journey was God testing me. Where is my trust really? What do I really believe in? And I realized the terrifying thing. Before we came to the Cape, I would have told you, yes, I trust God. Yes, I have faith. I would have told you that because I really thought I did. And then through this experience, because I, I also thought if you do what God says, it's going to be nice and easy. <laughs> sometimes, yes. Sometimes there's like a, you get a, you, you fall into a slipstream and things just happen in, in, a, in a supernatural way. Yes. But sometimes when God speaks and you go, initially it may look like I made the wrong choice because things aren't working out. But that doesn't mean God didn't speak. The first time God spoke to Paul, he got blind. Then he said to Ananias here, I'm going to show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. 
<laughs> and I realized through this journey of losing everything, of going through embarrassing moments, West Bank wanting to come and take our cars, not having medical aid and Leon breaking his arm in that time, so many things happened. Every time it was challenging me, challenging me. What do I really believe? Who do I really trust? Do I trust in medical aid? Do I trust in savings, which we lost all of? Do I trust in this? Do I, and, I, and I had to go, Lord, I realize I didn't really love you. I didn't really fear you. And I didn't really trust you. But I do now. I do now. And I thank God for that. Were there moments that sucked and I would not want to have them over again? Yes, absolutely. But we have to go, all go through our little journeys that's unique to our lives. Where we get to the point where we realized, I trust you. Do I really trust you? I want to invite my wife up to share a testimony about trust. And, and then she's going to invite all of us for a moment to reflect and respond. So over to you, baby. Every year in the beginning, I, I ask God for a word for the year. And in the beginning of 2019, this verse came up, Proverbs 3, 5, that he just read, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And it's like, this nice. It's easy to remember. It's a short verse. Thank you very much. I can do that. And it was amazing because everywhere I went, I saw it and I knew this was my verse for the year. In that year, I felt pregnant um, unexpectedly. And I was like, I'm going to trust you that I can have a baby at 40. We're going to do this. It's still easy. And later that year in November, it was, it was the weekend of the 26th and the 27th of November. Um, Heinz was actually initially alone invited to go to a conference in Rustenburg to, um, to just be there and then minister on the Sunday. Um, and then, like literally a week before the conference, he, w he would have gone the, the Thursday already and come back the next Monday. Just before the week, he said to me, listen, they want you to come as well to this conference. And I'm like, I can't because I still have a ladies' morning on the Saturday morning. So it's going to, like, I don't know. I'm going to miss half of the conference if I only go Saturday. They're like, no, they want you to come. So, um, okay. So I was late. I got in for the conference on that, um, on that Saturday evening. Now it's, it's getting to the end of the month. And, um, and like Heinz said, we don't earn salaries. He has literally never earned a salary. I have luckily felt the, <laughs> the blessing of the 25th of the month when you get a salary. But it, at this stage, I mean, we haven't had one for like 15 years. So it's the end of the month. I have three employees that I need to pay salaries to. And, and I know there are students that need to pay us. I know there's money outstanding. I know it's supposed to come, but it's not coming. And now I'm flying to this conference and, and my heart is just like, Yara, like And I get to on the Sunday, uh, the Saturday evening, I, um, I get there while the, the service is going on and I'm, I'm, it's amazing and God's presence is there. And the Sunday morning when they came to pick us up from the guest house, the, the pastor and his wife told us that they, they want both of us to minister on Sunday evening. I'm like... Listen, I barely almost did not come to this conference. Now I must go and minister. So we were thinking, what are we going to speak about? Are we going to speak about marriage and family, the things that we can speak about naturally because we are passionate about it and we have, it, it will just flow. We don't need to prepare in such a sense. So that was kind of on my heart, but I knew something different was going to happen and I just felt it. But just um, 
That was actually, actually, I'm lying. The Saturday evening on the way to the guest house, they said that to us. This, now, I literally have 6,000 rand in my, my bank account that I need to pay salaries to three people. <laughs> yes, they did not earn 2,000 rand. <laughs> that, was, that was it. So the next morning, I wake up, and my Vimeo subscription for the year went off, and it's like 4,800 rand or something. And I literally said, you've got to be kidding me. I woke up and I was like, Lord, this is, we are going in the wrong direction. It's supposed to fill up, not empty. And uh, I was just, I, I immediately felt in my heart that God is starting to speak to me about something. And I went to the church, like, put on your happy face. Everything's fine. The service on the, mo- the, the, Saturday, uh, the Sunday morning, my word is confusing. Um, and then after church, we had lunch with a bunch of pastors. And there was this worship leader that sat afro- across me um, on, on the table. And we just chatted, where do you come from? He's like, he's now in Cape Town, but he was a worship leader at their church. And at, a, at one stage, he's, he told me his story and he said, and God said to me, Simon, do you trust me? And when he said it, it felt like somebody was smacking me with like punching me in my, in my stomach. And I was like, <gasps> and he said, he asked me again, Simon, do, do you trust me? And I immediately knew that God was asking me, Aleta, do you trust me? And I, I felt this burning sensation in my chest. And I'm like, oh, I see where this is going and it's not good. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So we went back home after lunch. Now we have to prepare because tonight we're on the stage. And I said, listen, are we going to speak about this and this? And I said, no, I think you're going to speak about something. And then God wants me to speak about something. And I'm, it's just it's just growing in my heart and growing in my mind. And I'm this, this burden and this, it's literally burning my chest. Like I need to get a word out. I don't know what I'm going to say. I, I just know that I have to speak to this church tonight. Before the service, we got there and the pastors, we were in the lounge and the pastors prayed for us. And I just burst out in tears, like, like ugly cry vibes. And my husband is like, he doesn't know what's going on. He's just like, is he okay? And then what happened was just so amazing. I, he had a great service time, and he preached, and he over-explained, and it was amazing. And then it was my, I said to them, I just need five minutes, because what I have to say is just really short. But, but I, had, I just knew that I knew that it was something that I had to share with the church. And I went up, and I said, I'm going to speak about trust issues. And it, exactly what he said right now was like, there are people in the church that it, it was that night, and it, there were people in this church today, and there are people online that loves God. You grew up with God, maybe, or you met God late in your life, but something happened where you do not trust Him anymore. And we had so many people trusting God for children, or to fall pregnant, or to get the right husband. It's not necessarily just financial. I said, but what the verse, it was as if while I was speaking, God was, he was, I was actually preaching to myself. I said that to them. If nobody listens, it's fine. But I'm preaching to myself because God is revealing to me what's happening. So the verse of the year is trust in the Lord and lean not on my own understanding. What is my own understanding? My understanding is if you get married, you fall pregnant, and then you have a baby. My understanding is if I tithe, God is going to come through every time. When I think it, how I think it, it's going to happen. And, I'm, and, and I'm, I'm just experiencing how God says, his understanding is so much higher than ours. I'm thinking now that Heinz had such a heart to when we started Love Key, we didn't know it was going to be a church. We wanted to start a ministry where we can once again minister to families. And, and he wanted to travel to different towns every weekend. And he wanted a bus and he wanted sound and gear and everything. And then lockdown happened. 
And he said to me, God is so faithful, because if I had that now, I would have had, needed to pay for that now, and I would not be able to travel with it now. And, he know, and he's like, God, seriously, I'm trusting you for these things. I'm trusting you that somebody's going to come through. And it didn't happen. And looking back, realizing that God has a different perspective, that he sees the whole picture. He knows what needs to happen. He knows what's going to happen in a day and in a week and in a month. He knows it all. But that is exactly where trust needs to come through. And at, at one stage, I, th I said to him, we, we so love that song from Elevation. I just took a screenshot. Do it again. And in the words of the song says, Walking around these walls, I thought by now they'd fall. So he told you now that we have, we have gone through heavy financial times where we like literally went out of the Afrikaans market and it was like, da 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 And that was our main income. And stuff that just happened where we just, okay, Lord, we are trusting you to come through in different ways. But kept on tithing in those days knowing that God will be faithful, not in our way, not in our timing, but he's going to come through for us. So yes, we've been going around these walls and thinking that by now they fall, but you have never failed me yet. And we spoke about that, and Heinz said he actually doesn't like that word yet, like you've never failed me yet, like you are going to fail me, but luckily you haven't failed me yet. And that night in front of that church, I had this revelation, it's like, you have never failed me yet. Why would you fail me in the, in the future? You, you haven't done it. You will not do it. And it was such an incredible moment of, of realizing. I mean, that scripture of Leon's name, Jeremiah, is one of my favorite. It's probably my favorite scripture. And you know these things. And you quote these scriptures. And, you, and, and yet, you do not trust him. And I, that night, I, I said, if any of you in the church feel like there's, a, there's somewhere in some area, whether it's in your marriage or with your children or whatever, where you struggle to trust God, please just raise your hand and, or come forward. And if you don't, I'll be standing in front of you because, like I said, I was preaching to myself. And it felt like that a whole church came running to the front. I was like, what the heck? Like the last speaker at the conference, I wasn't even supposed to be there and I wasn't even supposed to speak and it didn't happen with any other service throughout the weekend. But it was such a message from God and I knew that he wanted to get that message across to his children. And I mean, we were lying in bed that night. We were like, like what just happened? We, we were like, we, we couldn't believe it. But the, the testimony of the story is, then lockdown came and we had a baby and we're kind of dependent on interaction with people in our <laughs> events and traveling and making money. That was kind of the smallest. <laughs> and God said, trust me. And we're like, you're going to have to, what is the house at the drug and more? It's going to have to be amazing. And, and God gave us an idea and we promoted our course. And by the way, he did come through and I did pay my people's salaries. I did. That is important. Like, nummer 99. But anyway, so lockdown came, and God did something supernatural in my business where, where we thought, yeah, we were like, I don't know. I literally said to my staff, you're going to have to claim UIF because And then he did something supernatural. So much so that when that date came in November, and Vimeo's subscription went off a year later, I almost didn't realize it. 
It was, I, I, I was like, what was that? And I looked and was like, oh, okay, yeah, come on, it's okay. And it was so incredible to think a year before, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. And a year later, he said, trust in me, because I see the whole picture. I know lockdown is going to come. I know all of these things. Just hang in there, my girl. And I want to I tell this to you. I know, I, know, I know many of you personally. I know Sinead is 25, and she went for open-heart surgery this week. And she's sitting here. Yes. Praise Jesus. I know Francia is sitting here, and he's been healed from mouth cancer. In the name of Jesus. Yes, when they heard the news that I'm 25 and I have to go for surgery in my heart, that is crazy. You, you feel, Lord, I'm your child. <laughs> I thought I could trust you. He's like, just check it out. I'm going to come through for you. The same with him. It, it says in this world you will have trouble. We will not be able as children of God to avoid it. It's going to happen. We live in an evil world. But God... And I had somebody email me this week, and she said to me, thank you. She actually came across my testimony where I spoke about trust issues on, on Facebook, and she said it, it was so amazing, and because they're really struggling, and she literally has 50 rand left for the, for the rest of the month. And I'm like, sow it. Give it away. And see what God does. And she's like, no, 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 I'm like, oh, you're not getting it. Give it away, because that's what we did. If we trusted God for 15,000 rand, and he gave us 4,000 rand, it wasn't enough anyway, so we would just give it away. Just take it. I'd work for 15 days in front. Done. Do you know what I'm saying? So we want to challenge you today in any area of your life where you are feeling, God, you've let me down. My parents died when I was young. I grew up without whatever. I grew up without a good father. I grew up without what I needed to have. God knows it all. He's been with you through it all, and it is well with your soul because of that. It is well with your soul. So, yeah, let's just close our eyes, and we, we, if we want to minister with you, if you really feel in your heart that you want to speak to someone, you want to pray with someone, we are there, we want to do it, you can come forward even. If you are at the guts to say, I want to I stand up today and say, I need to trust you more, Father, please stand up and come forward. Even if it's just for me, I keep on preaching to myself. I'll stand here in the front. <laughs> But yes, Lord, I just want to give you all the glory and all the honor for who you are. Because you are faithful, even when we're not. And we are not faithful. <laughs> and you keep on loving us, and you keep on accepting us, and you keep on forgiving us, and you keep on just opening your arms to us, even though we reject you, and we steal from you, and we lie, and we do all these things. And you say, I got your back. I know your beginning from your end. I know what's going to happen in your life. I know what you need to go through to look back one day and think, oh my word, that was God. That was God preventing that from happening. That was God avoiding that from happening. It is just you, God. And we want to put our trust back into your hands and say, we trust you with our everything, with our marriages, with our children, with our raising of our children, with our finances, with our jobs, with our salaries, with everything that we have, with our talents, with our giftings. We trust you to lead us into using it for your will on this earth. 
like Heinz preached about our hearts, Father, I pray that you will work in every heart listening to this message. I pray that you will do open heart surgery on every single person here today and watching online. And you come in and you clean and you heal and you sow and you do whatever needs to do, be done to, to heal hearts so that they can trust you completely with everything that they have. We, we as a church want to trust you completely for everything that we need. We want to bring your word to as many people as possible and the pure word and, and the unfiltered word of God. We want to just ask you, Father, that you will help us to get this out. Thank you for blessing us already. Thank you that we can, we can pray for every person in this church today, for your protection, for your healing, for your, your provision. And, and thank you that you will add to this church everyone that needs to be here. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, I thank you for a godly wife. <laughs> I thank you for your word that's like a double-edged sword that comes and shows us the truth. Lord, I pray that the, the eyes of our understanding will be opened completely. And right now, Lord... We all just ask that you will help us to get to that place where we completely trust you. I want each and every one of us to just take a moment and I want you to think of that thing that stands in the way of you completely trusting God. You may feel, you may, after this whole sermon, you may still feel I'm justified in not trusting God because this happened. And I know, I know that feeling, I know it very well. But I want to tell you that as long as you hold on to that feeling, God cannot help you move forward. So I want to encourage you right now, wherever you're at, just open up your hands to heaven in a symbolic gesture that you are giving this to God right now. Say, Lord, set me free. I lay this at your feet. Thank you that I can trust you with my whole heart. Lord, I lay my own understanding down. And I choose to lean on you with all my heart. Heal my heart, Lord, so that it can be completely in line with you. So that when I have desires, those desires are in line with your word. And you will give them. Lord, I pray for every heart that is broken, hurt, that you will restore it right now in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, only you can. The same way that man in Da'ar, you showed him what he needed to see. I thank you right now, Holy Spirit, that you'll show every person listening and watching and sitting here right now what it is that they need to see. Thank you, Father, for clarity. Thank you for truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Like she said, if you want to come for prayer or ministry, have a question, please come, speak to us. We can even go on the stoop outside. Thank you so much for joining us today. God bless you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May make His face shine upon you and have favor on you and your, your marriage and your family. We, we bless you in Jesus' name. Have a great Sunday, and we'll see you next week. And tell everybody about this church. Amen. Thank you very much. Thank you for everybody online. We love you guys. God bless you. Bye-bye.
Thank you so much for listening to the Love Key Church message of the week. We trust that you found that encouraging, inspiring, hopefully challenging in a good way and that you will come back next week to listen again. Please remember to like, follow and subscribe and to share this with other people if you find that it is uplifting, encouraging and inspiring to you. May God bless you and keep you and make His face shine upon you and your family. Bye-bye.